0: Hey there, I'm Natalie Abbott, and this is The Dwell Podcast. At Dwell, we help you memorize one Bible verse every month. On our weekly podcast, we talk about what our verse means, how it's challenging us, and about how the God of the universe wants to connect with us in our daily lives. Welcome back, everybody, to The Dwell Podcast. This is your host, Natalie Abbott, and I am super pumped. Because today on the show is my sister, Rebecca Welsh. If you didn't listen to the first episode with her, go back and have a listen. She is just a phenomenal person. I'm super pumped to get to introduce her to you and to get to hear a little bit more um, from her. And we are going to be talking about our verse this month, which is from Isaiah 117. It says, learn to do right, seek justice, defend the oppressed, take up the cause of the fatherless, Lead the case of the widow. Um, So say hello, Rebecca.
1: Hi, everyone. Hi, Nat. I'm super happy to be here today. Sweet.
0: Yes, I'm happy to have you. Um, So here's the thing about Rebecca if you didn't listen to episode one, she, about 20 years ago, founded an organization called the Halo Foundation. And they work to like around the world in different countries and in the United States to help one more child spend one less day alone. Or is it one less night alone?
1: One it? less day. yes, yeah, One less
0: day, all of it,
1: and night. hours. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, awesome. Well, so here's what we're going to be talking about today. Um, talking about, like, why we do what we do, why do we feel called to do the things that we're doing, and how do we overcome when there's, like, an obstacle in the middle of the, of the path. So Rebecca had this huge beautiful idea 20 years ago and about five years ago our family had this huge scare with Rebecca like it's kind of one of those things where you you like know exactly what you were doing when you got that phone call um and so Rebecca why don't you tell us what happened and so this was like a huge huge obstacle and she's still doing halo now so this isn't a curt like don't freak out too much because it's actually (laughs) really really encouraging story to hear about so go ahead Rebecca tell us what happened five years ago.
1: So, yeah, I was, it was a typical day at our house. It was a Sunday evening, actually. And I was breastfeeding my daughter, Edda at the time she was three months old. We had a two and a three year old sons also. And when I stood up to put my daughter in her swing, I felt like I was going to faint. And so I told my husband, Eddie, that I was going to pass out. And then I felt like a pin was drawing a line down the middle of my tongue. And just like that it was like a whoosh that came over the right side of my body. It was paralyzed. So I was having a stroke. That day I received a groundbreaking drug called TPA that saved my life and allowed me to hold my three babies and kiss my husband again. But I spent a lot of that first year in stroke rehab centers, one of which was the best in the country. But my goal was to get back my ability to walk And do basic math again and function in this new world. I was getting to know again for the first time. Mm -hmm. Um, And so a month after my stroke, I was told I had a two inch hole in my heart. And that the only way to close it would be with open heart surgery. So that's what caused the stroke. Um, That means open heart surgery means that another human being would use a saw to cut my chest open. Stop my heart from beating. Put it on ice. And hook me up to a machine that would pump my blood for me and help me breathe. And then sew up the hole in my heart. Take me off the crazy machine and put my heart back in. And cross fingers that my heart would start beating again. Wire Mm -hmm. my ribs back together and sew me up with his hands. Mm -hmm. So without this operation, I was on a quick path to heart failure. And when the doctor said I needed open heart surgery, I didn't flinch. Of course, I would Mm -hmm. do it. I have insurance. You know, I'm talking to one of the best doctors in the world. I'm sitting mm. in a hospital that's clean and shiny. Um, but fast forward to us now, we wake up every morning next to each other, and my gratitude overwhelms me mm. all the time. Like, I get to kiss my kids goodnight. I get to celebrate birthdays. I get to go outside and smell the fresh air. I get to hear my kids' slimy stories about frogs and <laughs> my baby girl's hair and yeah. help her pick out her earrings. But this yeah. this picture could look very different, right?
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And, um, you know, we're, I'm part of the 5% of people or less that live in the United States where we have access to the best doctors in the world. But if I would have lived somewhere like Uganda, um, I would have never gotten that TPA drug and my stroke would have been major. You know, if I had somehow not died from the stroke, I would literally have been shunned or become a major burden to my family. And the doctors would have never found the hole in my heart. I'd Mm. be dead or almost dead or about to die. So I have to say I spent many nights in rehab thinking about that. Why me? Why do I deserve this while so many others are suffering in situations Mm. that they were born into and did not choose for themselves? Wow. You know, so
0: how that's a horrible and crazy and like earth shattering kind of question. Like, why me? where did you come up with, like, what, how did you come up with an answer to that question? How did you resolve
1: that? I mean, there is no answer for that, but there is definitely a responsibility that comes with it. Mm. Uh, One of my favorite verses of all time is to him who much is given much is expected. Mm. And how do we get there? You know, my, after having this stroke and this open heart surgery, this near death, experience and getting to live my life again it made me treasure things so much more and it made me take things so much more seriously when it came to how I lived my life how I spent every moment and how I served others Mm -hmm.
0: yeah because I think about like everything that you went through and I mean for sure there was a season where um, you were obviously not doing anything for Halo. You were not, you know, you were just learning how to walk and how to remember things and how to, to speak well and all of the things that you had to relearn. Um, mm-hmm. and, and even now, you still have a lot of repercussions from that stroke, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's daily daily energy, and I just have to, you know, conserve my, my energy basically, right. because it's right. something that has been affected and just, I'm relearning how to rewire, wire my brain all the time.
0: Hmm. Yeah. So there's long-term effects. There was the short term of, you know, like just getting to a place where you could like function. But then once you kind of got back on your feet again, I feel like you, you really kind of hit the ground running with a new passion and sense of, of, a, of purpose like not that you had ever lost that purpose that you'd had been traveling with for 15 years of, of working for young people and, and serving people worldwide. Um, but all of a sudden, like I, I remember thinking in my mind, oh, this is the part where Rebecca hands over Halo and somebody else runs it and she kind of maybe will still speak at events or something. But really i i expected you to not do halo anymore and yet you just couldn't wait to get your feet back on the ground and get running again what was it that like moved you forward what was it that propelled you to to do that
1: you know there was a a moment that sticks out to me during my stroke time where the night i had the stroke i was getting an mri and when they wheeled me into or they push you into the mri machine or whatever I remember having this moment where I didn't know if I was going to make it that night and, uh, just thinking and spending a minute, I closed my eyes and I felt like God was saying to me that I just had a moment where, um, it was like everything faded away from me. You know, all the silly things that we think about, like, you know, when you're going to buy a car, what color car do you want? Or, Mm um, you know, what type of, Uh, what are you going to wear to that next event or whatever it is, that stuff all just completely faded away. And the only thing that was left with me was the people who I had loved and the people who had loved me. That was Mm -hmm. it. And I could see their faces and I could see the faces of, of the halo kids. And, but I knew in that moment that there were so many more left to love. Mm -hmm. And, even when I came out of the stroke and I was in rehab and learning how to hold a fork again and eat and all the things that happen, I never lost that. Like, I feel like I've been, I have a responsibility to serve others. And now I have even more of one because I have a chance to live every day. And I think we all have that responsibility. We all you know, if you own a car, you're in the top 10% of the world. So, you know, I feel like the world is like a teeter-totter and whichever side you sit on, you know, we need to be willing to walk over to the other side of the teeter-totter and mm. serve people.
0: Mm. Yeah, I think, I think it's interesting that, you know, not all of us are called to do uh, the type of work that God has called you to do. But mm-hmm. I think we're all called to do something. And, and we talked a little bit about that in our last episode. We talked about how, you know, you get this whisper, this sense that like, oh, no, this is what. And some people get like a, a, a slap in the face shout. But a lot of times mm-hmm. we have this like whisper on our soul of, no, this is what I have for you. This is what you need to walk in. And mm-hmm. I think we're, we are all called to be just people to do right mm-hmm. things, you know, to take up the cause of the fatherless, to to take heart and and care for the, the underdog and the undervalued to speak up and and to you know to give our money and our time to different causes that we believe in. Um, and and there are like I I just like I I I want people not to hear us saying, like, okay, so now today, because you own a car you need to start a foundation yeah, no. for orphans or it's it's
1: it. a, it's in the little things more than the big things it's the little things that you can do you know when you say when i say living with intention mm-hmm. um so that started for me by i only had an hour or two a day that i could spend with my kids because they are their kids when i first yeah. had my stroke and so i had to be super intentional with them when i was with them i had to think about what I was going to say to them, like, what does Etta need to hear from me? And what does Clayball and Chain what what do they need to hear from me every day? And that's the only, the only time I got with them. So I had to think about and be intentional. And I think that that, that is part of giving back. Like all of us have people in our lives that, you know, when you go to sit at coffee with a friend, instead of just sitting at coffee with a friend, you think about the last time you were with them, the story they told you and you ask about that story or, yeah if you know they're going through something specific be intentional about your conversation and how you can help them it doesn't doesn't mean you have to you know go out and and start a foundation or a nonprofit or whatever it means being intentional in your everyday life to serve others and to love others like you would want to be loved
0: that's super powerful i think what's most powerful about it to me rebecca and this is this is just you know, kind of seeing you pick back up the things that you've picked back up and doing the, doing life as well as you do life. Like it's more encouraging because I feel like you've had so many things to overcome. You still have things that you are daily overcoming, you know, that those, those kind of residual effects of the stroke. And I think, you know, who am I to complain about the the struggles that I have and to, to sort of be lazy or to not pursue the things that God is asking me to do because I have every resource to do that, you know, and I think that when, when you hear a story about somebody who has overcome so much and is yet not giving up, but even, even like in a more passionate way, pursuing the things that God has called them to do, like that's just jaw dropping. Because it's like, gosh, most of us are sitting around on our haunches, like making up excuses for not doing the things we know that we probably should be doing anyway. And yet here, here's somebody who, like, if anybody had any an excuse to be like, you know what? I already spent 15 years helping people. I, you know, I've had this stroke and now I just want to dedicate my life to self-time. Like you have that. <laughs> self-time. <laughs> like, <laughs> Does that
1: exist? No. <laughs> uh,
0: what is self-time? I don't I know. I, that. Yeah. Hmm. Anyway. <laughs> No, but you know what I'm saying? So I just, like, I just think that your story is so encouraging. And I hope that our listeners are encouraged by it to, to know that, like, you know, regardless of the things that we're going through, the, the stuff that we're kind of up against sometimes. And I think that when you're doing something that's really good, you're going to come up against stuff. Like, that's just, that's just real. It's not, it's not, you know, we weren't called to a life of leisure and, um, It's, it's definitely, we're definitely called to things that are going to, people are going to have a problem with, or they're not going to want to be helpful for, it's going to be hard and difficult. And, and that doesn't mean it's not a good work. Um,
1: Yeah. I, you know, the, the whole thing about the whisper in your soul, that's there every, every moment, you know, if you're sitting with someone, it's, it's the spirit inside of you that's moving and it's our job to listen to that and take responsibility We, you know, it's, it's not hard to know what's right. What's the right thing to do.
0: Yeah. I think, I think we kind of drown it out a lot of times, but yeah, you're right. I think it's always easy. easy.
1: Yeah, you Mm. can completely, but if you just stop and take a minute, you can figure it out. It'll come to you and you can know what's right. And, and being more intentional with your time and your conversations You know, just imagine that that's the last conversation you're going to have with that person or that's, you know, you never know, you never know what someone else is going through It is, you know, empathy is important and, and remembering those things. And everybody has people in their life that are there for a reason. Everybody's got people in their lives who need them that they, they don't even know they need them. So it's important to pay attention to that and just be intentional with our lives, because that's what we're supposed to do. it's what we're here for.
0: Yeah, I think that um, your perspective on the other side of of all the things that you went through is is unique. Like you really, you really can imagine. Like, okay, this if this were the last conversation, I think we say that other people like me. If I say that, I'm like, oh yeah, but I don't really believe that. Like, I think you've had a brush enough with that that you can be <laughs> yeah. like, no, but I really, I really do don't. actually
1: really believe that. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, so true. But, yeah. you know, and it's not like I live in this weird world where I think everybody's going to die, but I do think a lot about, you know, I
0: think you can the responsive.
1: Yeah, you got to treasure, treasure your conversations and think about your relationships and, and, you know, how are you, how are you instilling those values in others around you and your own kids and, Mm -hmm. what are they? like? How do you teach others to serve? Serving can be difficult because it's hard to have empathy sometimes for people that you you don't understand. You can't even fathom where they come from. Mm -hmm. Um, But even the smallest little act, all those acts added together are what makes an impact.
0: Well, I would love to keep talking. And we have one more episode uh, with Rebecca. So be sure to tune in next week when we talk about this verse one more time, but I just think what a great way of thinking about learning to do what's right. Like really focusing in on being intentional, being empathetic, really being grateful for the time that we have and utilizing it well. Um, So thank you so, so much for sharing that story. I I can almost not cry when you tell that story anyway, but yeah, (laughs) I think it's just such a, it's such a beautiful thing that what God has done, you know, like I hate that you had to go through that but the, the fruit of that experience in your life is just so beautiful. And yeah, I
1: wouldn't I'm change great,
0: it. I'm grateful for that. I don't think I could relive that experience because it's just <laughs> really terrible. But um, but I praise God for, for what he's brought through that and that he brought you through that. So he's good. Yeah. Anyway, thank you so much, Rebecca. And we look forward to hearing from you again next week.
1: Sounds good. Thank you. All right.
0: Hey, thanks for joining us on the Dwell Podcast. You can find out more about us on Instagram, Facebook, and at DwellDifferently.com online. We help people connect with God through a monthly scripture memory membership, daily posts, a weekly blog, and of course, this podcast.